I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Justin Crane, a financial life planner. And when I first met Justin, I just recently joined this one business group, and I'd made maybe 50 calls, uh, 60 calls, just just general outreach, just meeting everyone in the group, introducing myself. And Justin and I really hit it off, uh, in part because he just really seemed to know what he was talking about. Uh, we just resonated really well. He had a really good energy. And then after I got off the phone, I started to do a bit of research on him, and I was really impressed by the things I started discovering. So first of all, he has a unique system he's developed from financial psychology, which really helps his clients identify, clarify and reach their goals. And I also found out that he'd been mentioned in CNN Money, uh, what is, where's my list? Yes, see CBS, The Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur Magazine, CNN Money, Fox Business News, Yahoo Finance, and on Bankrate.com. Uh, and so he's just really well-known, very, very uh, highly recognized expert. And the simplest way to describe what he does is he helps people plan their business money and their personal money, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I kind of like slap myself in the forehead when I really, when it dawned on me, because I know as entrepreneurs, we focus so hard on generating revenue and finding the money and getting the money. And I've been in the situation where you get this big payday, this big win, and then you're you're kind of like, now what? <laughs> you just have all this money like in your bank account, but you're like, great, I'm making it. Now what do I do with it? How do like what's a smart place to put it? And it just gets really complicated really, really fast. So I've asked Justin to kind of come on the call today, tell us a little bit about his story, his education, and, and help us uh, with some of these questions. So Justin, thank you for joining us today. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm really psyched to be here. Yeah, no, it's an honor and pleasure. This is like our fourth phone call or fifth, and we just, yeah, it's just always a good time, and I'm just, I've been looking forward to this. So one of the things I don't really know, though, is how did you even get involved and started in financial life planning? Like, you didn't wake up uh, saying you wanted to be a financial life planner when you were a child, did you? No, no. It, it, it was weird. I mean, I started out as a financial advisor for um, Payne Weber, which is a like a brokerage firm like a Merrill Lynch or something like that. And um, I had it all. Like I was growing my business, managing money. I was – I had like – I had the office, right? I managed $125 million. I was helping the rich get richer. And um, I was a sales manager. I would manage like a hundred financial advisors, and you might think like, "Wow, like this guy's firing on all cylinders. He had it all." Um, but for me, I really, really felt empty. I felt like I was just helping the wealthy get wealthier, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really making an impact mm-hmm. on their lives. I didn't feel like I was helping people. And I did nothing about it, and we'll talk more about this common theme that I've had for my life and and how I've changed it. But I did nothing about it for a long time, about uh, 10 years. Uh, And then 9-11 happened, and I was in Los Angeles at the time, um, and so I wasn't impacted by it. And I know people that were way more severely impacted than I was, whose family, whose friends maybe didn't make it – 
out of the Trade Center. Mm. I mean, well beyond the scope of how it impacted me. But I actually did a summer internship at the World Trade Center for Morgan Stanley on the 73rd floor. And I remember like looking out at the Statue of Liberty and like seeing how high up I was. And, you know, I know there were people there that, that didn't make it out. And, um, and at that moment, you know, the whole nation was affected and we all took stock in our lives and being in the finance arena, having worked there, um, I really just, just stopped and was like, wow, I really need to, um, I really, I really need to make the best of, of me. And, and I wasn't. And again, like people were way more affected than me. And I was just happened to be there for three months by coincidence. Right. But it was a wake up call, right? It was a time. Yeah. It was a reason, an excuse to take inventory of your life, take a look at what you've done and what you've accomplished, figure out where have I gone? What am I doing and where am I going? And, um, yes. Yeah. I mean, it was a tragic event and you don't need to have lost someone to still have had it slap you upside the head and get you to kind of take, take, um, inventory yeah. of yourself. So, so, yeah. okay. So you woke up, you realize that, you know, you're helping the rich get rid- richer. You're kind of just probably not doing, again, you're not, nothing really fulfilling filling there's probably no end of the work and there's not really much reward in it so what what then well i did nothing for another seven years so i was not happy for 10 years i was then aware of the fact that i wasn't happy mm-hmm. and i did nothing but some research and i finally took action seven years later and and the reason why i left to go start my own business mm-hmm. was that um, I wanted to be viewed as a fiduciary, as a fee-only financial advisor, and uh, you can't really do that working for the big firms. You can't, you can't hold yourself out as a fiduciary and fee-only. You have to work on commission and fees, and it's, it's just very, very hard to do. And I felt like I wasn't really acting in the client's best interest because when you're a fiduciary, you legally have to. And I was like, I got to bail, right? So finally, I was like, do I know how to run a business? No. Am I going to make it? I don't know. Will my clients go with me? Like, I don't know. And I finally said, that's it. Like, I've got to pull the trigger because I meant to help people with their money and their lives. Mm-hmm. And I became a CFP. And I didn't even know that I was evolving into this new field of financial life planning, which is merging someone's money with their life. And it, like, I helped a, a, a woman adopt a kid through financial planning. Really? And every time I see that kid on Facebook, I just saw it actually right before our, our call. I was like, wow, I did that. I helped her do that. It's about return on life and return on investment, not just return on investment. Mm. Mm, no, that's right. You know, and that's really well said. I mean, I've been fortunate. I, I went to a couple of conferences uh, early in my <clears throat> career and Remember the guru out on the wall, if you want to be broke, hang around nine broke people. And I was like, forget that. I want to be rich. I want to hang out with nine millionaires. And I set it on a path in that year, over the next 12 months, to meet at least nine millionaires. And I did. But not all, like, money doesn't make, what is it? Kanye West says it perfectly. And unfortunately, I'm, you know, I'm quoting a music artist. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not great at philosophy or anything. But he says it so well. And he says, having money is not everything, but not having it is. And I think that you know, money is a tool and it's a vehicle, and it's you can do a lot of good with it, you can do a lot of bad. But a lot of people they don't even know what to do with it. In fact, sometimes it's just even taboo to bring up money around the kitchen table. 
right? Let alone yeah, having absolutely. we talk about it or plan it or, you know, I mean, I remember early in my career, I had a mentor who told me that I need to have a team of advisors, a board of advisors that help manage my life, not just my business, you know, and that's something that a lot of people are afraid to do because it requires you to be vulnerable. It requires you to go into someone's office and go, hey, you know, this is me <laughs> on paper, right? And it might yes. not look pretty, it might look great, or it might not be headed somewhere you want it to head, but it's one of those things that's this, if, you know, it's, it's almost worse to not um, bring, bring it forward. Does that make sense? Am I? I'm right there with you. Absolutely. I, I think that, um, you know, you got to get out of your own way and, and you have to be really, uh, you have to own who you are and, 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 and take action. And ever since then, that one point for me, once I left and started my own business, mm-hmm. that is where it's been like to the moon, Alice. That's where I've really grown because I finally believed in, who I was and what I could do. And I started just simply helping people Mm. at the core. That's all I really want to do. Right. Right. I think, no, I think that's, that's great. And a lot of us have a gift and we just want to help the world. And so you've got a gift and helping people with their money and their, and their finances and their business and life is it. So you said you went through a lot of growth. Um, and with growth, there's always challenges. (laughs) So what were some of the biggest challenges that you had? Because, you know, it sounds like you had a cushy job. Uh, it can be very lucrative dealing with rich people and their money. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, what were some of the big challenges for you in stepping into the business world and not just even into your own business but into other people's businesses as well? Well, the challenge for me was myself was the fact that I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I knew enough, um, and and I didn't believe in me. And as soon as I started – I didn't even – as soon as I started giving advice – and seeing people take it and seeing that they would have some success, I began to see that, okay, this is my calling. This mm-hmm. is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then um, – so I guess it's confidence, right? Confidence um, and um, one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard, says, you know, when you have confidence, you get competence. And when you have competence, you get confidence. So I think – as I began to see that, wow, I really do know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. and people are seeing benefits, it was like just the, the snowball effect. Got it. Got it. Got it. Very, very, very interesting. So how and, – and you know, it's funny because to, to, to kind of riff off that, I, again, different mentor this time, but I remember we were in a, doing hot seats and one of the guys was um, – he was a marriage counselor. And he was convinced that in order to grow his business, he needed to go back to school and get this higher level of certification. And the interesting thing that the mentor, my mentor said at the time, he asked him, you know, right now where we are, and we were in New Jersey at the time, he said in about an eight block radius, how many couples are there that you could improve their lives with the knowledge you already have? You know, and he said, you know, oh, probably a couple hundred easily. You know, it was a busy area, lots of tall buildings. Um, and... And then, you know, and then uh, our mentor asked him, and how many clients do you need to have a really full practice? And he had said, oh, I can only probably take on like 50 more, you know, at the max. That would be a full caseload. So, you know, he just pointed out right there that in an eight block radius, there's a couple of hundred people and you only need 50 of them. And so the solution wasn't he needed more coaching and training or more training and a deeper education. He could already improve people's lives with the knowledge that he had. He needed more people to help. Right. Um, and so that kind of sounds like what you're saying, that you didn't really believe in your confidence. But after over 10 years of doing this, when you got out and started dealing with people, you realized that you knew a lot more than you thought you knew. And you could still help people with like the fundamental problems. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing is, is I was doing something that I didn't even know I was doing. 
And then I, I was like, wow, okay, this is a niche because – and I just rolled with it. And the thing is is that, it, that if you think about getting business financial advice, where, where is a business owner supposed to go to get business financial advice? And I'm talking about like who's supposed to look at a P&L or a statement of cash flows and analyze that? Like is it the bookkeeper? Is it the accountant? A lot of times the bookkeeper thinks that they're just supposed to data enter stuff and that's it, and the accountant just does tax planning. But where's the person that's supposed to say, all right, Daryl, you need to do a million in sales to net 500000 to pay taxes of 200000 to net 300000 so that you can buy a house and sail off in the sunset? And what are some metrics that you can do in your business to get a better ROI? And I started just talking with people, primarily women, because they just resonated with my message. Hmm. And I had no idea that I was doing financial planning for business owners. But when you hear that term, most people are like, oh, SEP IRA, retirement account, 401k. No, I'm talking about like, what are your sources of revenue? What's your profitability? What kind of tax planning are you doing? All that stuff. Hmm. And people were like, dude, you are on to something because no one is doing this. Right, 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 right. So what are some of the most common mistakes people are making then? I mean, all right, so you've got this niche. And again, like I said at the beginning of the call, I know I'm just as guilty of it as a lot of people. You know, you focus so much on getting paid, then you get paid and you're like, great, I got, you know, $100,000 in my bank account. Now what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, It's a a champagne problem, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great problem to have. I think though the the biggest mistake that business owners make – um, and it's a two-part answer is that they're um, – a lot of them are poverty thinkers and not prosperity thinkers. So poverty thinking is about lack, is about there's not enough money to go around. It's about the glass half empty. Um, and prosperity thinkers believe that they can create and manifest the financial life that they want to through taking action. And if someone is a prosperity thinker, they're going – so now to answer your question – they need to be investing, not spending. I might say spend once in a while, but it's really investing more than 2% of their sales and marketing. So the biggest mistake that I think that business owners make is they're not investing enough in marketing in their business mm. because they think that that investment is really an expense. They're poverty thinkers. They think the money won't come back, but prosperity thinkers believe that the money will come back and they need to – You know, I, I just think that people should be – I can't give specific advice to one person because the regulators won't let me do that. But like people should consider investing between 5 and 15% of their sales in marketing. Yeah. Marketing, not office space because there's no ROI on that. But I'm talking about stuff that will that you can do to make money off of it. Yeah, I think that that is a valid statement. And again, of course, we have to be careful. Disclaimer, 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 right? Talk to someone about your case in particular. But uh, it's not the first time I've heard that. In fact, I had, uh, uh, I know someone who is a big advocate of spending uh, at least 20% of your budget on, on income-generating activities. And then of your budget, they were saying that you should try to use 15 to 20% to just try random things because what happens is a lot of people get into a certain pattern and they just write when they invest in their marketing they just kind of you know they just write a check write a check write a check and so there was uh, a certain percent of, of this gentleman he was a big advocate for taking 15 20 percent of his marketing budget and just doing something random that he would never really consider or try that was still marketing but he would just do something new mm-hmm. with it. um 
That's excellent. So, that, yeah, I think that's a great. So do you have any suggestions and as far as what are some areas they should invest in in their marketing or um, any what are the metrics that they should be talking about or looking at? And, and I don't, yeah, what are some more of the big mistakes that are, we're all making with our money that really? Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think that um, it, it, it depends on what stage a business owner is in. But I think for any business owner, and I'm just being conservative by this, mm-hmm. you need to be trying to make a, a three-to-one rate of return on your marketing. And if you can't make a three-to-one rate of return, you probably don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, just simple math. You know, If you're going to sponsor an event for 500 bucks or sponsor a trade show or whatever, you need to make $1,500 off of that 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then you don't want to do it. And if you're a newbie, you need that money coming back quick. Like you can't invest 500 bucks and wait eight months. Right. You're having, you know, it's cash flow is really, really important. Yep. But if you're a seasoned business owner and you got money coming in, maybe you can let it ride for a year. But I mean, a lot of people will say three times, you're crazy. 10 times, 20 times, 50 times. Yeah, I, I know all of that, but three times is still good. Yep. Yeah, and still that's, a good number. And that's important to point out because that's something, if you're doing an activity and it's generating income, that's something I say to some of my clients. If they're you know, spending money on Facebook, uh, you know, back in the day, Yellow Pages, and they've got you know, sales reps that they're, they're, they're coaching and training, you know, and they're making, let's say, $10 per lead off of Facebook, and they're making $5 per lead off the Yellow Pages, uh, net after all expenses, of course, and the sales reps like $12 per lead. A lot of people want to cut off the Yellow Pages because they're only doing $5. But the reality is, if you're making money on everything, then keep spending the money, right? That, um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a really really good tip, and at least it gives someone as a guideline. Because I know I've helped even just friends that uh, are planning their promotion, and you know, you've given people a goal to start with, and if they consider that in the beginning, can I at least triple my money with this? They may choose their marketing promotions differently. I had a friend that was going to do a Black Friday sale, and I remember asking her, "What was your goal? Like, what's your goal? How much are you?" hoping to make and she was hoping to make $10,000 and we went through everything she was going to do for the Black Friday sale and realized that you know the odds didn't look good that she was going to do that for that one sale in particular but if she took the same amount of time energy and focus and did a different type of promotion that wasn't as date specific she could stretch out the promotion time a little bit longer she had a better chance of hitting her goal of $10,000 so yeah um, yeah I mean, there's so much there's so much based on 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 what you and I are talking about. I, I think it's really important for the people listening to understand just a couple of simple things. Even if they're seasoned business owners, is you really have to understand, I think, two really, really important things if you're going to play off of this marketing. Number one is what's your business model? Like how do you make money and what do you have to do to make money? And is it really hard? Because if it's really, really hard, it's pulling teeth to make money, and you know, you're, it's just it's not working. Mm-hmm. Then you probably don't have a great business model, and you might not have a good offer, or you know, you might be marketing to the wrong person. That's a mistake I've made, and I can expand on that to the cows go home. <laughs> um, but um, is you have to understand your business model, and then if you're going to look at that three times ROI in marketing. You have to know what you're selling and what the prices are for what you're selling. There's a lot of people who work hourly or who, or who work project-based. You need to know what you're selling in order to try to measure that three-to-one. So if you're sponsoring something for 500 bucks or doing ads for 500 bucks, you need to know what you're selling, and you need to see how many widgets can I sell yep. at X price point to, 
to do that. And like I would just have people literally like write down what you sell and what the price is. Then the next time you look at investing and marketing, you can do some simple math and figure out if it's going to be worth it or not. Worth right, it or not. Right. Which also you're, you're bringing to light something that I kind of am known for uh, just singing to the hilltops about, and that's you need to have an ROI in your marketing because you talk about sponsoring an event. And funny because often when I mention um, sponsoring an event as a marketing activity, it's to talk about how <clears throat> the lack, how you have to be careful when and where you do that because when you sponsor an event, if all they're doing is putting your logo on the banner, how do you know that? that got you more clients you know you can ask people when they come through depending on again on your business model and if they're talking to you directly or they're talking to your sales reps maybe they'll say they heard about you at that event but you need to be asking that question because if you don't know what's working what isn't working then you're just kind of gambling and it's hard for you to to grow and improve your marketing budget you know what is the what's that expression um if you can't measure it you can't Uh, manage it if you can't manage it you can't grow it and I think that that, again, ties in really well with this 3-to-1 yeah. ratio because if you – if there's no direct correlation or causation at all, then you're, you're making big mis- – you're just gambling with your marketing budget. And, it, it, I mean, simpler, what you track grows. You know, what you, what you track grows. Yes, yes, of course, Exactly. Can I um I just want to go and and say one more thing which is really really important um uh which is what do you do if you're not a numbers guy or a numbers gal right there's a lot of people who are not mm. and what I want to say is number 1 I'd like you to have a glass of wine maybe do a fireball shot <laughs> or some have a cup of coffee whatever it is that you do and just understand that you're not supposed to be a, like the whippersnapper numbers person. If you're not, that's okay. Don't think that you're bad or that something's wrong or whatever. Just find someone who can tell you what your numbers are. Mm. Seriously, just like, and that way you can track it and it won't be like pulling teeth to look at your profit loss or your sales numbers or your taxes or whatever. I mean, you know, if you don't, if you can't see it, it's not a problem. If you don't get on the scale, you don't know how much you weigh and all that. But you have to somehow you know, be, be true to yourself and know that the money is really important. It's going to fund your goals. It's going to give you peace of mind and financial freedom and all that. But find someone who can help you, and that way you don't feel like you have to do all of the heavy lifting. Yep. Yeah, and that's something that is really important for people listening to, to recognize. In your business, they need to find a way to turn everything into a number. Even if it's inta- an intangible, there needs to be some sort of uh, subjective grading scale. Because exactly, because if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And if you can't manage it, you can't grow it. Just like you said, what you what you measure, you, you, grow, you can grow. And I, you know, it's funny because when you said that, I just had the perfect epiphany pop into my head because I've... On and off, I've had a numbers person, and you're so you know my life has always been so much easier. And when I've had someone that was dedicated to just going to the places I direct them to and pull the data and put it into a format that I can I can read and understand. Because um, exactly, because if you, if you're that person, I, well, we did an interview with a guy, Brad Martineau, and he he brought up something that I thought was great, and it, again, it supports what you're saying. It's saying if you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, it says someone who organizes. Uh, 
what is it? Someone who organizes like people, people and resources into a business. What it yeah. doesn't say is a guy who mops the floor, who cleans the toilet, who answers the phone, who fulfills on the service, who like does all the things. Right. So, um, and for anyone who's like, great, that sounds a great idea. What do I do? Something that may be useful is if they go to internships.com, you can post an internship, um, and have someone from college or university that's looking for experience apply and maybe just be your numbers person. That's all that they do is try to pull that data for you and put it into something that you can, you can use. Cause does that make your job easier or because I mean, for you, how do you help someone if, if they don't even know, like you can't, can you even plan? Um, no, not really. I, I think the, the thing is, is, which which gets into another point is what's the money for, and um, you know a lot of business owners are in business to help people, and they just love the mojo of running businesses and making a profit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when we dip on over to the personal side of things, mm-hmm. and we begin to spend money and invest money and and just do stuff with our money. We need to know what the money's for, and we need to know what our values are. And if we know those two things, we'll be congruent, and it'll be so much easier to make financial decisions mm-hmm. and say, oh, I want to buy a house, or oh, I want to work part-time, or oh, I want to give money to charity. It's just once you know what your, what your goals are, it's, it's so hokey, but it's so true. It's so much easier to make decisions. Mm. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, if you just got in your car and you didn't know where you were going – <laughs> you, you yep. yeah you just where would you just go in circles but when you get in the car wherever you have an address you, you put wherever it, you go there you are yeah exactly <laughs> got it so all right so how long you've been doing this now so you left you went on your own and then now you've kind of grown and like, talking about goals what are some of the things that you've accomplished in this period of time uh, that you're really proud of and what are some of the lessons you've learned again having in, doing with your own financing and planning your own goals and trying to help make it from where you are to where you want to get. Yeah, I think I've learned a lot. Uh, Number one, it's okay to take risks, small and medium-sized risks consistently. Uh, You you don't have to take big risks. So that's, again, a theory, but just like an an easy number. It's okay to invest $1,000 in something if that's a small number to you or $50 or whatever, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm. It's okay to do things and fail financially. It's okay, just as long as you don't break the bank. So I've learned that. Um, I've learned um, in in just my own business that people buy what they want; they don't buy what they need, mm-hmm. and 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 that's taken me a while because I'm a I'm in the the numbers business. Mm-hmm. People want what the money can do for them; they don't want to learn what you know a gross profit percentages or something like that. It, it, <laughs> it, you know, it's just like who could care less. So I've learned about that. Um, and I've learned that I actually can make a difference in people's lives and help them and and get paid to do it. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I remember one of the first businesses I started and I got my first customer. That feeling that you have when you get your first dollar, it's like when someone has the faith in you and believes in you and they pay you for that thing that you, you know, that you want to get up and running. I don't think there's ever anything that's as invigorating as the first payment you get in a new business. Um, sure. Yeah, that that proof of concept. I think that's just it's like yeah. <laughs> so what's some of the best advice yep. you ever got then from any of your mentors as you've been growing along the way? Um I I think it's the prosperity thinking has been a big one for me is to really believe that I can create and manifest the kind of life that I want to for myself. 
Um, I've you know been told to trust your gut. Um, I'm a I'm a lo- a logical step by step planning guy. And what I've learned is, I think you were going to ask me this, so I'm just going to go to the favorite quote, um, is that um, I saw this quote from Steve Jobs, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the best one ever. Uh, And um, he says – it's long, so – okay. He says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut destiny, life, karma, whatever, because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path. Yeah, I love that. And that is – that for me, that's the whole thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with money. Like when we look at our money, it's like we got to believe that, that things are going to work out. Yep. Yeah. And running a business, it's just like you've got to have the faith and the belief you know, that, yep. that, that you're going to make things happen. Yeah, no, because exactly, because you can't, no, there's no way to predict how it's going to turn out. And often um, you can't, like nothing, nothing yeah, you, you, when you leave and you make your plan for your business, if you knew all the stuff you're going to have to go through to get where you want to go, you probably wouldn't have started, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's being okay with failing. And I also think it's really important to be aware of what you're thinking and conscious of what you're doing and really working on yourself mm. as you grow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even myself, I've noticed a lot of the setbacks that I've had in my career, it's always, it always comes down to a personal development issue, you know, and I think that business is in a lot of ways, very Shakespearean because in all of Shakespeare's works, the main characters always fell victim to their character flaw, their weakness. And I feel like it's the same thing in business. And that's part of why you need to have a team, why you can't get rich on your own, because mm-hmm. as one individual, you can't be all things that a business needs and a business isn't one person entity. It's a team entity. It's, it's departments, it's multiple tasks, it's multiple specialties all under one roof. So that's, that's really important. I think for people to recognize. And I know, again, like you said, like it, it can be scary to kind of get out and fail because on another call, what we've done, um, you know, Max uh, Carey, I think, was our guest, and he pointed out really well that when people first go into business or even when they're in business at any point in time, sometimes they forget that they're unemployed and they don't know what it's like to be unemployed and they don't know how, like, what that is. There's no training on how to be unemployed. And when you run a business, you're unemployed, right? Like, that's that's it. And your job is to, like, you know, uh, a friend of mine said, what, a CEO, your job is to delegate everything but the delegating. And that's <laughs> not, not entirely true, but it's not far – it's not entirely off – off the mark either it's that's right? funny um, i like that <laughs> yeah so well it's and it goes back to what you're saying if you're not a numbers person it's okay and and you're gonna and oftentimes when you get started you don't know what you don't know and you're gonna trip and fall and make mistakes and be like you know i really needed someone to take care of my taxes because i really wish you know yeah. i didn't have this massive tax bill but if you hadn't gotten started you wouldn't have noticed that gap and then you wouldn't know you need someone to fill it and right so the story goes and that's so you just said something really interesting uh, you don't know what you don't know, mm. and the goal is to to start to begin to know what you don't know, and and not be in avoidance or denial, and and just start to be a little bit more aware of like okay, what am I hiding? What do I not know? Oh, I I don't know that. I got to learn that, or I got to have someone learn it and tell me. Right. Like here's one. Here's one that a lot of business owners don't know. What per- And I don't. There's it, the answer depends on everyone, but like so if you're in the U.S. 
what percent of your sales do you need to set aside for taxes? Mm, right. Just like boom, like call your account and be like, okay, for, for the feds, is it 20%? Is it 25? Is it 15? Is it 30? How about for the state? Is it 10? Is it 5? Is it 15? Yep. If you just knew those numbers, you wouldn't be freaking out at the end of the year to, to pay your taxes <laughs> and even in, um, in, uh, in April yep. for taxes. So, yep. I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't even know that they don't know. Yep. Yep. And you, you just, you got to pay your taxes. That's just, it's, yeah. Uh, what is it? It's Benjamin Franklin. There's two guarantees in life, death and taxes. Death and taxes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> got it. So, well, yeah, that's excellent. And it's, it's so, so someone's on board. They're like, all right, I get this. I'm on, I know I need this. Um, how do they get started or what, like, what do they need to prepare? Because as we already mentioned, I gave I gave a tip about helping find a numbers person if they need to just get their act together. And what do they need to have? Like, all right, I want to plan my business finances and my personal finances. What what do they need to have together? Is there like a document, or do they need a P and L for both, or like what should they prepare? What should they put together? If someone was going to come and see you, what would be the perfect package to deliver so you could do your job? To, you know, yeah, it's a great question. It, whether it's me or anyone. Here's the answer, and it's 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 such a I love it because it's 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 like wow, are you really saying that? So what you have to do is nothing. You don't have to prepare and do anything okay. in that first meeting or in that first call, preferably if it's face to face, right? Mm-hmm. All you're looking for is if your advisor leads with you and asks questions about you. And is interested in you. If they start with, we're number one in this and our performance is that and we manage $50 billion and we've been around for over 85 years and all that BS, mm-hmm. who cares? Mm-hmm. They have to ask questions and have a system to get to know you. If they don't and they start going right into them or what you should do, right. how could they give you any advice if they don't know who you are, how you're wired, and what's important to you? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. What is that? There's a quote. It's um, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Oh, I like you. You got good quotes, Daryl. So, well, very, I love it. What is that? There's Jim Rohn. He's, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yes. He, he says one, he's like, you know, yes, you should re- read Socrates and Plato and all the great, uh, all the great books of our, of our history. You could sit there all night and not come up with this stuff on your own. And so I just, that's why I just keep, that's why I'm a yes. huge fan of quotes. I'm a huge fan of great books because I, you know, I don't want to have to figure everything out new. So, but that sounds exactly it. They need to diagnose your life and what do you need to plan your finances for and, because I've seen mistakes. I've seen CPAs, business managers, financial advisors, and other coaches lead with who they are and, and what they're all about, which I think is a bunch of BS. Hmm. Right, because they're not really solving a problem for the end client, I guess, really. Right? And, and they're also not making the client feel like they're important and that they're heard. Because when someone comes to you and and like like literally gives you all their financial stuff, it, it's a very vulnerable feeling. Oh, yeah. And you feel like you're going to be judged no matter how good or bad you are. Mm-hmm. So the advisor needs to make the client feel very, very safe and, and, and create a space where it's okay to have credit card debt or have business debt or to have no money saved or to, you know, there's like, I can't tell you how many times I hear it from business owners who say, where did all the money go? And they feel so 
bad when they say that. Right. And they, 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 it's a conversation that they have in their mind all of the time. Where did all the money go? And they don't really want to ask anyone because they feel like they should know where the money went. Right. Well, let's speak to that. Let's go on to – let's take a trip onto nightmare – like night, the nightmare floor of this conversation. I mean if I were to come and reveal stuff, are there things – because not, every, not everything is sunshine and rainbows. So are there things yeah. that as a business owner, they – you know, their tendency might be like when an animal steps on something to hide the paw, right? Like if it's got glasses paw, your dog might hide it or the cat might not want to let you see it. But really you can't fix it unless they reveal it. What are some big things that people need to like make sure that they don't – uh, delay on things that they have to really take ad- address like it's top priority um i think from for, for a business owner um is the business really making enough money because a lot of people when they, they they don't even know that that from either paying themselves a salary or taking a draw and then maybe having some profits that they could be making more working back at that corporate job that they had or getting a job as like a marketing manager at Walmart where literally they're making, you can make more money doing that. So it, that is an issue that a lot of people don't know really how much money their business is making and they think they're making a lot, but it turns out that they're not. So that's, that's one thing. The second thing is, which is the biggest thing bar none. I can't believe I didn't talk about this earlier is automation. If we can automate all of our money stuff, we can get out of our own way, and um, it's not like we forget to save money or we forget to pay bills or something like that. But the more that we can automate, the better the results generally will be. And a lot of people don't want to automate because they feel like they have to have control mm-hmm. by doing it manually. But you have just as much control if you automate how much you save, how much you set aside, uh, how much you um, – you know. Just just control your money that way. So automation. Got it. And can you give some tools or something, like any tips for someone who's like, all right, how do I automate? Like is that a built-in like a QuickBooks feature or is that something you set up with your online banking or what are just some basic tools for anyone who, who's – Well, what, one of them was the taxes where you need to automate and set aside a certain amount of money every month. You know, if you know that your you know your business is bringing in, I'm just saying, ten thousand bucks a month, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. and you're pretty clear that you got to be saving thirty percent. Well, every month you're doing electronic funds transfer from your business account to your personal checking account, and that money is a separate account dedicated for taxes. Mm. And now let's. Pre- Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I yeah, keep going. Keep. I just. So now let's pretend that you want to make a down payment on a house, and the down payment is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you know that you need to save. I'm just coming up with $5,000 a month, 1000 a month, 10000 a month, whatever the number is. You just have to now set up a separate account, not your tax account. Set a separate account, money going from your business to your personal account, and that's your house account. And let's say you want to save 10%. So every single time you think you're going to make five grand a month or 10 grand, whatever it is, you just automatically take the money and do that. So that's another example. The third example is saving for retirement. If you know that you want to save 10% of what you're making, you could automatically take the money from your business account and put it into an IRA, a 401k, or whatever. It's those kind of things because if you do all that stuff first, we all know the, 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 um, that saying, you know, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. But by doing all of this, you're taking care of yourself, and so many business owners take care of everyone else. 
you know, their spouses, their mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. their clients yep. before they take care of themselves. Yep. yep, yep. And those are some examples. Yeah, no, and those are great examples, Justin, because, again, it, again, money is like a taboo world in some places. And, and honestly, that gives some cultures a competitive advantage if, if they're from a culture that's very, very comfortable talking about money and money issues. Because um, if you don't, like we said, if you don't measure it, you, you can't grow it, you can't manage it, you can't do anything with it. And exactly like you said, I think there's way too many business owners that don't know – they don't know the performance of their marketing and they don't know how their business is performing. And I'm not trying to say that. I think I've been, I'm saying that from personal experience because I'm guilty of that repeatedly. And I think automation is a huge, huge, huge tool. There's even something I know it was a huge aha for me when I first heard about a business dashboard. And I was like, what is that? And I want one. And a business dashboard is basically, you know, you can get, you can, you can create your own, either if you have a program or some sort of accounting tool, but that's where basically you have all your numbers plugged in. In either on a direct feed basis with technology talking to each other via an API or you have a numbers person that plugs all your data in and it just tells you it's like it's like the dashboard of a car it tells you how much fuel you got in the tank it tells you how fast you're going whether you're speeding up or slowing down and um, getting that put together is a very 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 powerful instrument in any business um, can yeah you speak I mean that I, at all or is yeah well, I, yeah yeah I think what you're really saying is Financial clarity is huge because if once you know your stuff, you can then make decisions based on what you have and what you want. And I mean, it's just I, – I, and I also think that it's – yes, you can measure sales and profits, but you can also measure the inputs that drive sales. Uh-huh. So if it's sales conversations over the phone, yep. measure how many you have in a day, in a week. Yep. That number will affect your sales. Yep. If it's – your email list, measure your email list. If it's, I don't know what, how many times they buy your, yeah, no, you're, you're right on. And I'm so with you and they have to track everything right through to sale and almost as much as in your business as you can track everything right through to the sale. Cause you could optimize for the wrong things. I've done marketing campaigns or we've done some sort of split test to like how to generate leads and one vert. We'll get more leads from one ad or one campaign than another, but half as many buyers. But if we mm-hmm. weren't tracking things all the way through to revenue generated, we would have shut one off saying it was a loser and gone with the other one. But even though we were making half as much money. Yes. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So, Justin, what are you excited about? What are you working on these days? What are you like? What are your goals and plans for yourself? Where are you, where are you now and where are you trying to go? Well, um, I'm ready for a new house, Daryl. Are you? <laughs> That's my thing. Like, I'm ready to just move. I got to a wife and three kids and we're, we need a little bit more space personally. That's my driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the goal is to, is to have that. Uh, I, I want to, um, uh, continue to grow, uh, grow my business, do some more, um, scalable and leveraged, um, things to help more people, more business owners, um, you know, just, just, you know, continuing to work and to drive. And, and so personally, it's a house business wise, a little bit more scale, uh, and leverage. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, it's also continuing to exercise and meditate, which is a big thing for me. Mm, mm, yeah, no, I think mindset, skill set, and environment. That's, that's, those are yeah. three pillars of success. So you, you're working on making a better environment and you want to keep your mindset right. And you definitely have the skill set, as everyone can tell from this call here. 
Um, well, Justin, thank you so much for sharing and, and helping point us in the right direction. I think there's a lot of really, really important information in this call because, um, again, we work so hard to make money, and then often most people, they, you know, it's like it's like giving up before the, the red tape in a 100-meter dash, right? They make all this money, and then they don't plan what to do with it afterwards. So, yes. Um, now, if someone had more questions for you, wanted to reach out, is there what? How do they? How do they find you? What's the best way to communicate? Yeah, they could go to my website and go through all that mumbo jumbo. But literally, like, just email me. Okay. Seriously, <laughs> just email me, and and we'll set up a time to talk. Uh, and or you can go to my site. I mean, whatever. So my site is Crane with a K, CraneFinancialSolutions dot com, K R A N E FinancialSolutions dot com. Or you can email me at justin at cranefinancialsolutions.com. There's tons of free tips and tools and templates. A lot of the stuff that we talked about today you can get for free on my site. Uh, but you know, if you're like, hey, I want to cut to the chase. I, I really want to learn more about what you do and how you could help me and all that kind of stuff. Pick up the phone. Call me. Email me. Whatever. All my infos on my site. Got it. Got it, got it. Okay, and so that was the once again that was it's CraneFinancialSolutions.com, K-R-A-N-E, Financial, F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L, Solutions.com. Well, yes. Justin, thank you so much. Is there anything else thank that you. you wanted to add, or is there anything I should have asked that I didn't ask? Um, well, one last thing, which I I just think is important because a lot of people are in saving mode where they want to save, save, save so that they can live the life that they want to when they're 85. Mm -hmm. And I don't really believe in that. I think you have to save and spend. So I believe that the word budget is too restrictive. And I want people to go out and buy the cup of coffee, get the latte, get the shoes, take a vacation, do that stuff because you're going to be happy. Just create a plan to save along the way. So we didn't talk a lot about that, but for those of you listening and you, you were like, wow, that's totally a different perspective, it's okay to do that as long as you can automate your savings in addition to your spending. Mm, no, I think that's a good point, and it's a, it's it's because it's life isn't about the end goal. This is there's Alan Watts. If anyone goes on YouTube, there's a beautiful one minute video called Music and Life. If you just put in Alan Watts, and in it, you know, he talks about how if it was all about the end, that you know, like if a song was all about the last note, then our world would be totally different. You go to a concert just to hear one crashing chord, but it's not. It's about the melody. It's about the. It's about you know. It's a musical thing. You're supposed to sing and to dance when the music is playing. And so I think that's a great note to end the call on because you know we work so hard to make the money. We should be allowed to spend it and enjoy it along the way. But just be smart and make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our family and our obligations, and that we're we're really clear on how our businesses are performing and how they're doing, and not being afraid to um to share that information with other people is that is that an accurate statement that is awesome <laughs> you rock uh, no man you rock i mean uh, you kind of led the conversation here and i i just have lots of questions because i've committed this mistake myself i've have friends who do it i have i have people who i know that make a lot of money and it's just if anyone listen if you know regardless of what you're pulling people make this mistake at all levels of the game and it's not about you know, it's like basketball, the people that are in the NBA and the people that are on the, you know, in, on the street corner playing in the little schoolyard. I mean, they're playing the same game, right? Even though the rules are different and there's, you know, one's got a huge audience and that it's the same game. So, Justin, I think you really, 
at least brought to light and shot and shared with us some really important fundamentals that if people follow, it can really help them just get more out of their businesses and their lives and actually achieve their wants and dreams. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Justin, thank you for your time. Thank you again. Yeah. And we'll connect. We'll connect soon. (laughs) You got it. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with Or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.